Jesus went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled with evil spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him, because power was coming from him and healing them all. This is the gospel of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, grace is yours from Jesus Christ. May that bring you peace today, each day, and eternally in Jesus. Amen. Well, been talking now for a few weeks these things. Why don't we talk about? We talked about life. We talked about death. Today we, we talk about mental health. And these are, are things that we don't talk a lot about. All three of them, really. Three things we don't talk a lot about we don't want to. Right? We, don't, we don't want to because they're, they're things that we kind of wish we could sort of leave unspoken and, and things we could sort of leave just to the side and never really have to deal with. And unfortunately, we, we do that, leaving them to the side until the time when it's desperate and we need to. And so it's important for us to talk about these things. And so this morning, why don't we talk about mental health? Now, mental health has been something that I've been aware of my whole life, that I've been aware of and people around me that I've been aware of in situations around me. Uh, but when it really became important for me in ministry was a particular time, and the story is very sensitive, and so I, I'm going to tell it delicately knowing that we are in mixed generational audience, and so I'm not wanting to scare anyone, but one time early on in my ministry as I was, I was heading actually to Walmart of all places, I was heading to Walmart, and I was driving down the road, it was the end of the day, and as I was driving down the road, I came upon a gas station. And at the gas station, as I uh, just approached it, I right away saw smoke where smoke shouldn't have been. And so just instinctively, I turned in, and when I went in, I saw a scene, and I would understand the scene a little bit later. There was a gentleman who had gotten off work, that he had gone in and purchased $5 worth, that he had purchased something along with a lighter, but he didn't have a vehicle with him. He went outside to the pump, ingested some, hosed himself down, and used the lighter. When I came upon the situation, there he was. And I and another man who I would later learn was an off-duty police officer went over to him desperately trying to get him out to stop him and to stop what was happening. He fell to the ground. We ended up getting a blanket or two to try to suppress. We were really unable. And I was there by his head and I was holding it. And I couldn't think of what to say. And all I said to him was, you're not alone. We're here. We're here with you. Jesus is here with you. And all he said, real softly, was, please let me go. Fast forward a couple of minutes, the ambulances were there. Moved off to the side. Tried to learn a little bit more about the situation if I could. And that was it. And as I left there that day, I, I kept this kind of nagging thought. And it was in my head, not just that day or that week, but it was there for a long time. And, and it was something that's kind of stuck with me. And, and understand, hear, hear me out when I say this. I know, I know that neither I nor you am Jesus. It is not our job to save people. That's Jesus' job. It's his job alone. But I thought about our our unique calling as messengers of hope in the world. That's what we're called to be, messengers of hope. 
And I've asked asked myself so many times this question, what if we could have spoken a message of hope to him? And I've conjured up all kinds of stories in my head, none of them which are based on fact, none of them which are based on fact, but just questions and stories in my head about that man and whether anybody, whether anybody ever told him these important things, that he was loved, that he was not alone. I don't know what difference it would have made. I know that mental health is a challenge. I know that it's something that plagues a lot of people. And so I want to talk about mental health, and I want to make sure that we are a church that can talk about mental health so that we reduce the stigma that still surrounds mental health. The stigma that says, I I can't talk about this because if I talk about it, then people are going to think I'm weak. The stigma that says, we can't talk about it because if we talk about it as a church, then we're going to somehow invite it and encourage it in other people. The stigma that says, if I open myself up to this and I share with somebody else what's going on in my life, it's possible that they're going to say the wrong thing. Or, I don't want somebody else talking to me about it because it's possible that I'm going to say the wrong thing. I don't know what to say. Each one of those things, there's a shred of truth for the person who speaks them. And yet each one of those is a simple myth. A myth that says if I don't speak about it, then somehow I'm weak. You know that that's not the truth, and you know, you know that that's a lie the devil wants to tell you. The myth that says if we talk about it, then somehow we invite or encourage it. Well, you know what? We should invite the conversation. If that means that God chooses to send more people who have mental health challenges here, then so be it. Then that's God's will for us. And you know what? And I say this a lot, don't I? you know what, you probably will say the wrong thing to somebody because we're humans and we say dumb things sometimes. It's okay to extend each other some grace and to know that our presence is more important than our words. And if you need an example of that, you look to a guy named Job. His friends were doing great as they sat there comforting him for seven days. They were doing great until they opened their mouths. And what a reminder for us, what it means to walk together in community and to believe that's what God gives to us no matter what our season or situation or station is. And so it's important for us to talk about this. It's important for us to talk about it so that we can allow the light to shine into the darkness because the devil loves darkness because there in the darkness, that's his arena where people aren't exposing things, where the light of the gospel doesn't shine, where people aren't speaking love and care to one another. That's where the devil lives. That's what he loves. and He loves to perpetuate lies. So we speak about this to shine light into it that the gospel might dispel the lies. Now, I want to I say something really important. So if the smell of bacon takes you away the rest of the sermon, I want to make sure you hear this. If you're someone who's realizing that your life isn't level right now, if you're someone who's realizing that there are some challenges, especially in the mental health arena, please seek help. Please seek help. This sermon is not going to cure anyone of anything. There's no such sermon. 
Because mental health isn't about someone not having enough faith. Mental health isn't about someone not knowing that their sins are forgiven. Mental health isn't about someone not knowing they're loved. Instead, these things are all parts that we are given, gifts that we are given by God to make us whole because God cares about us as whole people. And I'm going to say this again in a little while, but God also gives us things like doctors and medication. And if I were up here today telling you that I could cure your heart disease with a simple sermon, most of you would get up and leave. At least I hope you would. So don't hear me saying anything about that. And please don't walk away with that message. But here's the message that I do want you to know. This is the scripture which we're going to dig, this scripture from Luke chapter 6, that as we dig into it, this is what the sermon is about. It's about an encounter with a God who cares and cures. An encounter with a God who cares and who cures. Now, remember the situation in Luke chapter 6. Jesus was with his closest disciples. He was with his friends. And he had gone up a mountainside to pray. And as he has gone up on the mountainside to pray, he has spent significant time with them. They've been in communion with his father. And now they sort of begin to descend this mountain. And somewhere on the mountain is a level place. Right? This is how the two stories, this and the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, this is how they coalesce. In Luke, he finds a flat place, and there on the flat place, he begins to teach his disciples. Now realize that at this point in Jesus' ministry, he's rather popular. People are looking to Jesus. He's in these small towns and these villages where people know him, and they know his family, and they see that this Jesus is now doing these remarkable things. And so his, his fame spreads. And the word that goes out is a word that says he can heal you. And so the scriptures tell us this. They tell us that a whole bunch of people met Jesus there on the flat place. There in the flat place was a large crowd of disciples, and listen, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon. So in other words, those who were there were his disciples, those people who understood Jesus, who had listened to his word, and those who didn't. And they gathered around Jesus for a specific purpose. Those troubled by, I'm sorry, they came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured. And all the people tried to touch him because power was going out from him and healing them all. I think this is, this is so remarkable. People from all over the region come to hear him teach and to be healed of their diseases. This is about a God who cares and a God who cures. Now, understand that when the miracles are told to us in the scriptures, when the miracles were performed in the ministry of Jesus, it was always to confirm the word that Jesus spoke. Right? To confirm the word that Jesus spoke. So in other words, if I were to say something that was was kind of instructive in the scriptures, instructive in the ways of God that you had never heard before, And I was introducing that to you, and I was telling you that now God has sent one into your midst, and I was saying it was me, and that I was going to cure your diseases, that I was going to heal your wounds, that I was going to restore you to the kingdom of God, that I was going to forgive your sins, and that ultimately I was going to go to the cross for you. Remember, Jesus told them all those things. You'd probably want a little bit of proof, wouldn't you? And so Jesus confirms the word. He confirms it by healing the diseases of those who were there by touching them, 
so that evil spirits were cast out of them, so that all types and manner of diseases were cured by Jesus to confirm the word which he would speak. And then look at the word that he speaks, the word which follows, telling them that they are blessed. That they are blessed though the world crumbles around them. They are blessed. That though they are poor in spirit, they are blessed. That though the world persecutes them and hates them, they are blessed. That though they endure challenges and difficulties in this broken world, they are blessed. That's the word that he's confirming. That in of itself is a beautiful picture. But that's not the only reason that Jesus performs miracles. Remember, brothers and sisters, that Jesus also does miracles to inaugurate the kingdom, to begin the kingdom of God in our midst, to do what will eventually be done in totality. He does these things so that we know this is what it's like when you are eternally in the presence of God. When you're eternally in the presence of God, there is no longer disease because it's cured and healed. When you're in the presence of God, there is no longer evil spirit because the evil spirit is detestable and has been defeated. This is what the kingdom of God will be like. And when Jesus paints that picture, when the picture is painted for us in places like Luke 6, it involves diseases being healed so important to remember the simple thing that Jesus heals and I love the picture as if it couldn't get any better of all the people touching Jesus all these people whose society said get out you're unclean you're contagious we don't want to see you we don't want to know what's going on with you Jesus touches them he's a God who cares he's a God who cures and so what's the message the message is very simple the message is that God cares about the whole person right and I said this in my sermon last week to you and I'll repeat it multiple times God cares about the entirety of you your entire person you are body mind and spirit and he doesn't just care about the spirit part and heal your soul but he cares about your body and your mind as well and he cares so much about those things that he heals now understand that even in this account that we have today Jesus doesn't heal everyone he's beginning the kingdom that doesn't mean that he doesn't care about the rest of the people who are there. It doesn't mean that he doesn't care about those who are infirm, those who have sicknesses, those who are dealing with all sorts of things. It doesn't mean that he somehow cares less about those people. On the contrary, he cares so much about them that he sticks to his mission. And the mission of Jesus Christ is to overcome the brokenness of the world. The mission of Jesus Christ is to forgive sins so that we will dwell eternally with him in paradise, in a place where there is no longer suffering and illness and disease, that he heals us eternally because he is a God who cares and a God who cures. And what God cares about we should also care about. 
And so when we see these things happening in the scriptures, we should imagine what God is calling us to do. We should imagine that God is calling us to also shine light on these things, to remind people in their midst of a God who cares and of a God who cures. And so we speak about these things. We, we speak about them so that there can be healing. We speak about them so that we can recognize, so that all can recognize that true healing only comes from God. And that sometimes... In rare occasions like Luke 6, that healing happens immediately. And I'm one who continues to pray for miracles. And if you're dealing with something, I will absolutely pray for you. And I'll pray that God heals you in that instant. But I will also pray that God will give wisdom to those who are providing care for you. For nurses and doctors. For technicians and surgeons. For people who administer medications and for the medications that they administer, I will continue to pray for people who are doing research in these fields so that better medications can, be pre- better med- medications can present themselves so that people can truly be cured even here this side of eternity through mediated means. Because that is also God working. And we believe that's also the healing hand of our Heavenly Father. So we speak about these things. But we don't just speak about about struggles with mental illness. Because this sermon is, why don't we speak about mental health? And even even as we know that there are good things we can do for our bodies, right? And so if I were to say to you, hey, do something that's healthy for your body, you would say, hey, it's probably good for me to go for a walk, to do something physical, to get a little bit more active than I am, to maybe eat less salt, Maybe not today because we're eating bacon, but you know, other days. It's the same also with our mental health. That we truly can look at an ounce of prevention. And what a wonderful thing it is for us as Christians to be able to look to God in the midst of these things. And the words that we just heard from Philippians, right? To think on those things that are lovely and beautiful. To think on those things that are true and pure to understand that when we speak about mental health, we can do healthy things. We, we can take mental breaks. We can maintain a level of perspective on our lives where we say, sometimes it's okay for me to stop and to relax. I could give you a million of these, but I just want to give you a couple of more. To be positive. right? To be positive people. We are surrounded by so much negativity. And we receive negativity in all sorts of different forms and all sorts of different messages. And so when we return to the scriptures, we receive a different message. It's a message that says, yes, the world is broken, and yes, there is pain, but it's not the final word. Instead, the final word is the gift of God given in Jesus Christ. It's a God who cares and a God who cures. When I think of that story of Jesus There on the plane, as he's speaking to these people, as he's healing diseases, as power is emanating from him. The most remarkable part of the picture that's painted is that Jesus is there at the center. That there are a whole bunch of people who are gathered around him together. Jesus is in the center. That's our life together. 
that Jesus calls us together to gather around him at the center, that Jesus calls us to be people who know his love, who trust in a God who cares and cures, and to spread that hope to others around us, to be messengers of hope to those around us, to be ones who make a difference in the lives of other people who are around us. You know what that means? It means we have to take time for them. We have to be willing to have our own schedule set aside so that we can care for someone else. It means we have to risk sometimes saying something dumb. But we have to remember that our presence means more than our words. We have to remember that we have this gift that's been given. It's a true knowledge of who we are in Jesus Christ, that in him we are children of God, and that in him we are loved. So you want a place to start with somebody? Start there. To tell someone that they are deeply loved by God, that they are his child. Reminds them that they are not alone. It points us to a God who cares and a God who cures. So now I'm going to ask you to do something. It's time to pay attention again. I want you to turn to the person who's right next to you, maybe to both sides if there's not someone else there. And I want you to say this to the person next to you, you are a child of God. And I want you to say this other thing. You are deeply loved by Jesus. That wasn't so hard, was it? And what an encouragement we can be to one another as messengers of hope to speak of a God who cares and of a God who cures for our good and for the glory of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.